Have you ever found yourself wondering about the role that Canadians played in old-time radio? Well, wonder no more. During the next 60 minutes, we'll delve into the careers of actors, writers, and directors who went abroad to find work, as well as those who stayed right here in Canada. Join me as together we explore Canadians in old-time radio. Everyone, this is Devin Wilkins welcoming you to another edition of Canadians in Old Time Radio. Let's begin with a lively episode of The Happy Gang from our Made in Canada segment. And this episode was aired on April 13th, 1956. We'd like to send a smile or two across the whole nation. Keep happy in the happy gang way. Keep healthy, hope you're feeling okay. Cause if you're happy and healthy, the heck with being wealthy. So keep happy with the happy gang. Yes, friends, it's the happy gang. Brought to you today by Robin Hood flour and carnation evaporated milk. And this is Barry Wood reminding you that Robin Hood guarantees best results with one flour for all your baking. That's because it's the bake-tested flour. Bake-tested not just once, but twice, so you can be doubly sure. So ask for and insist on Robin Hood Guaranteed All-Purpose Flour, Canada's fastest-selling flour by far. Now here's the happy gang heading your way, so relax and listen, and you'll hear them say, Keep happy and healthy, the heck with being wealthy. Here's Eddie Allen with the happy Thank you and hi, everybody, and a very happy hello to you from all the gang on this Friday, the 13th day of April. And if you're one of the superstitious clan who go into a shell on Friday the 13th, you just stick around your radio because we've got a few good luck charms to throw out your way. We're optimistic enough to hope that this may turn out to be a lucky day. Of course, it's doubtful whether our luck is holding out in the weather department. It's cooler today, so let's say we warm things up a little by introducing the guy who's always lucky enough to have four aces every time I have four kings. That's Bobby Jimmy, and here's Bob well insured against the likes of black cats or broken mirrors. He sings about his lucky charm. I never knock wood. I step on black cats. I think that a bed instead of your head's the place to put hats. I walk under ladders. I never blink an eye. And Friday 13 is my day for being a slap. Happy guy, I always spill salt on tables and steak. And horse.
Horseshoes I pitch right into the ditch And mirrors I break Don't wear any rabbit's foot But I'm safe from harm Baby, here's the reason Cause you're my lucky charm Cigarettes with three on a match. Through clover I go and four leaves I throw right back in the patch. Now here's where it gets dramatic. I break every single rule, but I feel safe from harm. Baby, here's the reason you're my lucky charm. Yes, across my fingers, cause you're my lucky charm. I'm not sure, Bob, but I think Bert Niozzi had one lucky note left over there. Thanks, Bob. And friends, while we're on the subject of lucky days, may I remind you that if you haven't treated yourself to the exciting new Robin Hood orange cake mix... You haven't had a lucky day. We've tried it at our house, and it was our lucky day when we did. Barry, you tell the ladies all about it. Yes, Robin Hood has made an orange cake mix that's a glow with real orange flavor. This exciting new Robin Hood orange cake mix gives you a cake unlike any other you've ever tasted. You've never made a cake like this before. Tangy, fresh orange flavor buds are the secret. And they're the wonderful difference in this entirely new Robin Hood cake mix. Now, hundreds of these buds are in each package ready to blossom into full orange flavor the moment you pop the cake batter into the oven. You have no oranges to squeeze, no rind to grate, but you can actually see and taste tangy orange in every tempting bite of this home-style blended cake. It's orange cake that's moist and tender because you add your own fresh egg, just one, mind you. So you go ahead and try a new Robin Hood orange cake mix. Taste the wonderful difference. Only Robin Hood orange cake mix is made with tangy, fresh orange flavor bites. So get it today. Robin Hood Orange Cake Mix. Yes, friends, we have a birthday celebration coming up in the gang. Not till tomorrow, mind you, but we couldn't let the weekend go by without wishing Jimmy Namaro a happy birthday. How about it? Come on. Now, Jimmy, we, we don't want you to be shy, but we've prepared a salute for you, but we need your help. Now, we know that the one frustrating thing in your whole career has been the fact that so many of our listeners misinterpret or misspell your name. So we're going to kill two birds with one stone. Now, here's your cue sheet. We've got all that. That's your cue sheet there. Now, if I can rem remember how to spell your name, we'll proceed. Kay, have you got a note? N is for the names we always call him. Let me see. There's Tomatoes, Chiquita, Grey Doll, <laughs> Piano Bill, 
Rosedale Rue. These are names. What about Ronaldo, Jim? Ronaldo. Oh, that's another Jimmy. I forgot. <laughs> A is for the acting roles he plays. A blinding torrent of rain and a brilliant burst of sun. <laughs> M is for the money he is mad for. Money, 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 money. <laughs> A is for his wife. Her name is Anne. Her name is Anne. Oh, thank you, Jim. Crazy. R is for his ragtime on piano. There we go. Jimmy, it's only a half hour show. Jim, that's all. O is for the opera that he sings. Put them all together, they spell mother. Mother? I'm sorry. Bye. A happy birthday to you, Jim. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, dear Jimmy. And a happy birthday to you, Jim. As if I was in my right mind. (laughs) Well, now we're going to ask you for a full-scale sample of that Namaro talent. You know, we always hate to think of being one year older, but each birthday does give us one more year of pleasant memories to look back on. No, Jimmy's always been very keenly interested in all the successful acts in show business. Interested enough that he can give us a fair idea of what radio sounded like in the good old days. Here's Jim's conception of those were the good old days. Now everybody's always talking about the good old days. The things that did occur and just how wonderful they were. So just to be in style, let's go back for a while and I'll try to recall... For us all, some things that made the good old days so good. I want to reminisce about the good old days when we stood around the piano to sing. I want to try to recall all those good old ways. If you owned a Model T, you were king. Now in those days of yore, when radio was new, in the evening you put on earphones and twisted a dial or two, and if you were lucky... You might get a squawk from Timbuktu. By George, those were the good old days. And when you turned on your radio, you heard something like this. Hi ho, everybody. This is Rudy Valley broadcasting to you another stanza of your Hi Ho Club. There's no love like our love, like no love at all. And I'm sure you'll recall Arthur Tracy. The street singer. Marta, rambling rose of the wild wood. Marta, with your fragrance divine. I want to reminisce about the good old days when barber shop harmony was quite the thing. I want to think all about those good old ways 
when a gate and a fence was all that could swing. Now, no one then had ever heard of a television set. So, of course, she never worried about the size of screen to get. But if you could Charleston or play a uke, well, you were popular, you can bet. For sure, those were the good old days. Remember this? Evening, folks. It's your old friend, Singing Sam. And I want to tell you all about my little old gal friend, Miss Annabelle Lee. Who's wonderful, who's marvelous, Miss Annabelle Lee. Who's wonderful, who's marvelous, Miss Annabelle Lee. And every evening around dinner time, through your loudspeaker came the poems of Tony Wands and the voice of Martin Downey. When you're away, I close of day, remember me. When shadows fall, my heart will call, remember me. I want to reminisce about the good old days when the game of Mahjong was quite the fad. I want to think all about those good old ways When bell-bottoms was the style for every lad Well, whenever you were invited out, the Ouija board was the attraction And the blaring of the gramophone nearly drove you to distraction Ah, but dresses were so short, they couldn't be shorter, not even a fraction Egad, those were the good old days And even then, the last of the Red Hot Mamas was a big star, Sophie Tucker now listen, girls, a good man is hard to find, so take Sophie's advice. They say that opportunity knocks but once. And when that once is gone, sister, it's gone forever. So, girls, if you want a man, there is just one but. Keep a smile on your face and keep your big mouth shut. And who can ever forget Ted Lewis, his battered silk hat and cane? And when my little baby smiles at me, you know, ladies and gentlemen, I go a Roman, yes, sir, I go a Roman to paradise. And you know, folks, I sigh and I cry, because it's just a bit of heaven, yes, sir. When my little baby, my little baby, smiles at me, is everybody happy, yes, sir. Yes, everyone was happy, or so it would seem. Everything was just dandy, peaches and cream. But honestly, folks, if you had to go back, I'm sure you'd rather dream all about the good old. How about those good old? You can have the good old days. Yes, sir. That's all. Well... One thing Jim didn't mention is that way back in those good old days, homemakers who used Robin Hood flour did their own bake testing, simply by using it constantly in all their baking. But nowadays, the makers of Robin Hood guaranteed all-purpose flour do that bake testing for you, right in their own modern mills. Experts in Robin Hood's test kitchens actually make bread, pies, rolls, and cakes each day to make sure Robin Hood flour is always the same constant top quality. And this careful bake testing is done not just once. It's done twice, so you can be doubly sure of better results. Yes, Robin Hood flour guarantees best results with one flour for all your baking. So this time, get Robin Hood guaranteed all-purpose flour. 
It's Canada's fastest-selling flower by far. That's a theme melody that we recognize from the good old days, too. It's the theme melody which identifies the sponsor of the second portion of our show, Carnation Evaporated Milk. And for Carnation, we present the musical combination of Kathleen Stokes and Blaine Matthew, the kind of music we've been lucky enough to be able to enjoy year after year. And here is their lucky charm for this Friday the 13th, I Was Lucky. Blaine and Kay? <laughs> Okay, I was lucky. You know, speaking of lucky days, we still feel it was our lucky day when Les Foster joined us as a permanent member of our crew last September. Since then, 
We've enjoyed his accordion stylings of everything from marches to popular novelties of the day. It's very seldom you find two instrumental tunes at the top of the heap, but that's what's happening right now with the poor people of Paris and Lisbon Antigua, which just goes to show you know how to pick your solos, Les. The poor people of Paris, of course, won the toss earlier in the week, so, Les, today we feel more than lucky if you'll play Lisbon Antigua. again, Les. You know, our good coffees come from far off Central and South America, but coffee's best companion is produced right here in Canada. It's Carnation Evaporated Milk. And Carnation gives coffee smooth, well-rounded, rich flavor. Millions of coffee lovers have discovered that. They prefer Carnation in coffee, prefer it to cream, prefer it to any other evaporated milk. Carnation creams a good cup of coffee to perfection. Makes the coffee appetizing in color, velvet smooth in consistency, rich and satisfying in flavor. Now, if you appreciate smooth, well-rounded, rich flavor in coffee, cream it with carnation. Carnation has the consistency of heavy cream. It's heavy enough to whip, so naturally it does something special for coffee. And carnation does something special for your pocketbook, too. Carnation costs only about half as much as light cream. Discover for yourself the fine things Carnation does for coffee. And enjoy Carnation for creaming fruit and cereals and desserts, too. When you shop, get a good supply of Carnation evaporated milk, packed in a special evaporated milk can. (laughs) 
Gee whiz, I sure hope the sun comes out today. You know, if it doesn't, we might be up to our knees in rain again this weekend. But then, I've been lucky in the rain. Maybe you will, too. I got lucky in the rain One day when I had nothing to do for an hour I walked around in a shop I had reason to complain One moment I was sadly in need of a song Next moment you came along Then the heavens smiled at me My heart said How lucky can you be? Things like this you can't explain. I only know that I met the love of my life when I got lucky in the Hear again from the guy. Well, he seems to have the luck of the Irish. He's lucky in love. He has fisherman's luck. Not as lucky as he'd like to be with royalty checks. <laughs> but he's still a lucky duck, and he knows it too, don't you, Bob? I sure do, Ed. I'm walking on air so happy I could fly. I haven't a care. I'm a lucky, lucky guy. Oh, lucky, lucky, lucky me. I'm a lucky son of a gun. I work eight hours, I sleep eight hours, that leaves eight hours for fun. Lucky, lucky, lucky me, even though I haven't a dime. I laugh and play and 
a carefree way and I have a heck of a time. I smile at the sun and when daylight is done, every evening is loaded with charms. I wish on the moon and I whistle a tune and I wink at the gal in my arms. Oh, lucky, lucky, lucky me. You can kiss your worries goodbye. Through life's just chuckle and lady luck will make you as lucky as I. La, 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 The sun and when daylight is done, every evening is loaded with charms. I wish on the moon and I whistle a tune and I wink at the gal in my arms. Lucky, lucky, lucky me. You can kiss your worries goodbye. Through life's just chuckle and lady luck will make you as lucky as I. Say, you all know that old saying about the way to a man's heart being through his stomach. And I know thousands of homemakers who'd say that the quickest way and the best way is the carnation milk way. They found that dishes made with carnation evaporated milk are big favorites with a man of the house. And the rest of the family, too. Carnation gives food an extra rich flavor. A smooth, creamy consistency that you just don't get any other way. Carnation has special blending qualities. Qualities that you won't find in any other form of milk. So it blends more smoothly and evenly with other ingredients and recipes, giving unusually fine results. So try a carnation in your cooking and baking, and you'll get lucky, too. Lucky, lucky, lucky me. I'm a lucky son of a gun. I work eight hours, I sleep eight hours. That leaves eight hours for fun. Lucky, lucky, lucky me. Even though I haven't a dime, I laugh and play in a carefree way, and I have a heck of a time. I smile at the sun, and when daylight is done, every evening is loaded with charms. I wish on the moon, and I whistle a tune, and I wink at the gal in my arms. Lucky, lucky, lucky me. You can kiss your worries goodbye. Through life's just chuckle, and lady luck will make you as lucky as I Man, if that doesn't bring us luck, nothing will. And friends, it wouldn't matter how many lucky charms we had, we couldn't squeeze another minute out of that clock if we tried. If our luck holds out, we'll all be back again on Monday. And friends, now is the time to invest in better health. Our immediate concern should be a contribution to Canada's 1956 cancer campaign. Your help is vitally needed for research because research is the key to the defeat of this disease. Please send your contribution today to your local unit of the Canadian Cancer Society. Till Monday, this is Eddie Allen saying so long. Thanks for listening, and from the Carnation Company and all the gang, have a wonderful weekend and many happy returns of tomorrow, Jim. Hope you have a nice birthday. May your Friday be a happy day and a healthy day. A happy game was brought to you today by Carnation Evaporated Milk and Robin Hood Club. Larry Wood speaking. This is the Trans Canada Network of the CBC. For our Canadians Abroad segment, we're going to play an episode of Pat Novak for Hire from March 20th, 1949, simply called Rory Malone. Now, the Canadian being featured in this show is Raymond Burr, who was born in New Westminster, B.C., and You'll recognize him, I'm sure, from 
TV's Perry Mason and Ironside. Ladies and gentlemen, the American Broadcasting Company brings to its entire network one of radio's most unusual programs. Pat Novak, for hire. says, Hat Foghorn for hire. Oh, there are other ways to say it, but down on the waterfront in San Francisco, you got to put your best foot forward, especially if you want to trip up a friend. Down here, a friend is anybody who's been dead more than ten years. And then it pays to watch out, because if you relax, somebody will come along and knock you on the back of your stomach. Works out all right, though. I rent boats and do anything else you can hide in the dark about all you can ask, because along the Embarcadero, nothing's perfect except the heels. I found that out Wednesday afternoon. She was a lovely girl, the sort of person you'd expect to see in a choir loft about three hours after choir practice. Her hair was red, her eyes were as cold as rigor mortis, and you knew the first time you met her that you'd been seeing her too often. Must have been about 5 o'clock in the afternoon. I was walking down toward Pier 19 when she pulled up alongside of me in a cream convertible. Can I give you a lift? You already have. Well, is that love or reflex action? What's on your mind? You are, Mr. Novak, but don't put on your tracksuit. It's a business matter. Well, in that case, you've got a name. I'm Con Regan. I went by your office a few minutes ago, but you were out. I'm in now. Go ahead. It won't take me long, Mr. Novak. Stay away from Rory Malone. Well, I'm doing all right so far. Who is he? He's important to me. I don't want to lose him, Mr. Novak, so please stay away. Go tell a girl. I don't even know the guy. You will. You're not lying now. He's a prize fighter, and someone's going to try and hurt him. Then you'd rather hurt him first. I'm willing to pay you to stay away from him. Suppose I'm going to see him a lot. Will you pay a lot? I'll give you $300. All right, Mr. Novak? You know, you're not smart, Angel. If you're pressing that hard, the other team's going to bid, too. The answer's no. I'm afraid that's up to you. But I'm warning you, don't do it. That's Please what... don't do it. Yeah, that's what Mother used to say. I'm still all right. Maybe Mother liked you better, Mr. Novak. See you later. Well, I watched her for a minute as she brushed her hair back and started the car. It was nice hair, and the dress helped, too. It was dark blue and had a V-neck, but the designer believed in big letters. She pulled away and gave me a look you could take on a safari. It was enough to tell me that she was as safe as a tap dancer on a floor full of dynamite caps. I walked up and turned in at Pier 19. When I reached the door of the office, I could see the old man sitting by the desk. He looked tired and a year older than the Bible. His hands were shaking and his skin was coarse and the color of an old razor strap. 
When I walked in, he glanced up at me and looked about as happy as a cocker spaniel with a stomach ache. I could talk to you, please, Mr. Novak. We'll try it once. Go ahead. I'm an old man. You want to argue or go on? I'm too old, so I must come to someone for help. My name is Hans Neumeyer. I would like you to watch someone for me. Someone like Rory Malone? Yeah. But you do not what know... Is what is this? Save Rory Malone week? What's he to you? I am his manager. Oh, you don't ever hear of me because I'm old and uh, not a very good manager, I guess. After this fight, Rory find new manager, maybe. Yeah? What's, when's this fight? Uh, tonight. Oh, you, you don't know Rory. He's a good boy. He's a very good boy, Rory is. Yeah, well, good boys don't need watching. Has he got some bad coming out? Uh, something funny about this fight. He meets with bad people. And Rory is a good boy. Yeah, I just met one. How deep do they run? Uh, the worst is a fellow named Joe Slagle. He's a bad man, a gambler. Please, Mr. Novak, you just watch Rory tonight and see he's all right. Are you that rich? Oh, please, I don't have much money. Just uh, $300, maybe, what I got from the fight. Maybe 300 I don't know. I just got a little money. It's a tie, Pop. You win the toss. <laughs> please, you, you don't help me. You win, you win, Pop. When do I look at him? Uh, tonight you come before the fight. In the dressing room, I show you to Rory, and you see he's all right. Yeah, about nine. Yeah, please, Mr. Novak. I, I thank you all my life. You watch Rory. I, I thank you all my life. Yeah, well, I'm getting short shift on that, but I suppose it's not your fault, Pop. See you at nine. <laughs> sorry for him when he turned and walked out of there. I could afford it. With 300 bucks, you can buy a lot of crying towels. At the door, he turned and smiled once before he shuffled out. He moved down the pier with a nervous, uncertain motion like a flower petal in a warm wind. When he disappeared, I took a cab and rode up to the press club. Oh, I found out a lot about Rory Malone, and most of it was good. He was a lightweight and... Hans Neumeyer had picked him up and brought him through the prelims up to main event stuff. He was fighting tonight against a Cleveland boy named George Zarek, and the betting was even. I ran into a chronicle man whose wife divorced him and named a fight club as correspondent, and he said not to worry about Joe Slagle, that Rory Malone fought for purses, and that's all. He knew about the girl, Con Regan, but he didn't want to say much, just that she was a fast, five-gated horse trying for seven. Well, I had some dinner, and I went over to the arena about 8.30. When I walked into Roy Malone's dressing room, Hans Neumeyer wasn't anywhere around. I stood over in a corner and watched him get ready for the fight. There was enough liniment being thrown around to keep an old lady's home spry for years. The other handlers were in, watching him tape up Malone and put on the gloves. Most of the people cleared out then. Malone shadowboxed a minute before a second threw a robe around his shoulders and shoved him toward the door. As he passed, I fell in beside him, and we started walking under the arena. A few feet down, I bumped up against him. Huh? Sorry? About what, Hans Neumeyer? Who are you? Where's Neumeyer? What do you care? My name's Novak. I'm supposed to meet him here. Do you know where he is? No, he didn't show up. He's probably out drunk. Does he drink? No. Well, that's a funny answer. Then. I don't know where he is. All I know is I need him tonight. I gotta get up to the ring. I'll go with you. Suit yourself. You gonna win tonight? You never know. Sometimes you do. Mister, 
You're either too smart or too dumb. What's the difference? You can't fight twice in one night. I want to talk to you, Rory. Not now, Kitty. After the fight. Please, Rory, talk to me now. Kitty, you're crazy. This guy's standing around, a lot of other people. What do you want to do, put him on the radio? Where's Hans? He hasn't been around. Where is he, Rory? I don't know, Kitty. If I knew, I'd get him. There's something wrong, Rory. I've been watching, and I know there's something wrong about this fight. Yeah, yeah. There's only going to be one guy fighting if you don't let me Please, out. Please, Rory, don't brush me off like a dumb fly. I, I know there's something wrong. I don't want you to get into trouble. All right, Kitty. Oh, don't say all right when you know how I feel. Well, let's talk about you and Joe Slagle. Oh, please, Rory. You don't know what it's like to see somebody you love go crazy. Your dough is safe, Kitty. <laughs> that doesn't count. You know that doesn't count, Rory. The little money I've saved doesn't count next to you. Oh, please, Rory, don't do anything wrong. I'd, I'd die. I'd, I'd die of terrible heartbreak. It hurt me all my life. Stop it, will you, Kitty? Now stop crying. Don't worry, I'll win. Just, just don't let anything happen, Rory. I won't. I'll see you after the fight. Coming, Novak? Yeah. You're real good with your women, Malone. After this fight, I want to match with you, Novak. I've met two of them, and they both have you in their dream books right on the flyleaf. I'll remember. Talk some more. I'll talk enough to tell you that you're being followed about 12 inches behind. That's right, Malone. Keep walking. Turn in the next door. Hey, wait a minute. Wait a minute. You better walk, Malone, unless you can outrun a bullet. You too, mister. I agreed an hour ago. All right. Open the door for him, Eddie. Okay. You stand over here. Now, Malone, take off your glove. I'm going to need it. You're going to be eating teeth. Take off your glove. Help him, Eddie. Yeah. That's it. Hold him on the other side, Steve. Put his hand on the table, Eddie. Now, give me the block. Yeah. You can cry, Malone. It's going to hurt. Hold him up. Keep his hand out there, Eddie. Put the glove back on, Malone. It's too smashed up. It'll hold the pieces. Put it on. You better put it on, Malone. You're overmatched. That's it. Now go on up there and look good. Yeah, why don't you loan him the gun and he'll win in two rounds? Look, mister, I don't know who you are, but I'm sick of your mouth. It's a big floor, so stretch out. two hours, they either moved me or the arena because I woke up in an alley down near the Golden Gate Theater. It was in back of a restaurant, and I was lying there trying to look good in a mixed green salad. My head was about the size of a diving bell, and my clothes were so rumpled and dirty, I looked like a leg man for the hobo news. I tried to get to my feet once, but it wasn't easy. It was like trying to push a basketball through a stovepipe. I think it was close to 11 when I got out to the street. I didn't even buy a paper to find out about the fight. I grabbed a cab and went up to my apartment to iron out my spine. It was a good idea, but the girl at the desk had a message from Hans Neumeyer. He was out at the California General Hospital, and he wanted to see me right away. When I got there, he was at the end of a ward on the third floor, but the duty nurse wouldn't let me by. Oh, she was a real pretty nurse, if you like pure mammal. 
Somebody buzzed, and when she oozed down the hall, I ducked into the ward and started looking for Hans Neumeyer. It was dark, and he was away down at the end behind a white screen. He looked tired, and his eyes were moist and soft, like a ripe fruit that's just been squeezed too hard. Uh, please, Mr. Novak, you come to see me. Yeah, just as soon as I got your message. Uh, you make mistake with Hans. I don't send message. Somebody wants to be your secretary. What happened to you? In my room. I just go to my room. Somebody is there. <laughs> I don't know. What is all right? I limped a little, mister. Your boy got his hand smashed. Uh, Rory's a good boy. He's got a good girl. Who's Kitty? She's go with Rory a long time. Save money to marry this. Wait a minute. Keep still. Something the matter? Yeah. Somebody coming. Down this way. Coming up behind that curtain. Maybe Rory comes to visit me. came to visit him didn't stay long. The old man leaned back in the bed and quit without any fanfare, like a long summer coming to an end. Well, I went out to get the nurse, and I found her down at the end of the hall giving an intern some greedy talk. She hadn't heard the shots, and they hadn't seen anybody come out of the ward. I told her as much as I could, and then she wheeled the old man into another room and called homicide. Well, that call to homicide didn't help, because from now on, things weren't going to improve. I was fighting a forest fire with a can of kerosene. About 20 minutes later, Inspector Hellman showed up. He was full of finesse and fury, and he came charging over about as graceful as a lame lobster. Hello, Novak. You're up late. I had company most of the time. Yeah? Did he bore you? Somebody got tired of him. It happened behind his screen down there in the ward. Who is he? guy by the name of Hans Neumeyer. He manages a fighter named Rory Malone. Yeah? The killing's mixed up with a fight fix. Not the Zarek fight. Yeah, that's right. They got to Rory Malone 10 minutes before ring time. You got a thin story, Novak. Look, I got a fat one. And I got all the gambling going town on my side. The old man got it because Roy Malone was dumped in that fight. I don't believe it. You don't have to believe it, Hellman. They smashed him up. His right hand was as limp as an old piece of lettuce when he climbed into that ring. They should have smashed both hands. Huh? Because Rory Malone won by a knockout in the fifth round. Try another page, Novak. Hellman told me Rory Malone won that fight, I might as well have handed him a feather. I stood there feeling like a guy peddling dope at his sister's wedding. How could Rory Malone have won that fight with a, without a hand grenade? When I saw the hand, it wasn't strong enough to flatten a piece of silk on an ivory table, and yet he won by a knockout in the fifth round. It pointed to one thing. Zarek had taken a dive. But why the double fix? Why had they smashed Rory's hand? Oh, it was a goofy pitch, like sending for a plumber to fix a hole in Boulder Dam. I didn't have time to wrestle around with it because Hellman had talk on his mind. You can't get a bookie in town to take bets on this one, Novak. No, not with you setting the odds. They were that way when I got here, so don't write up a clean bill of health. The guy's dead and nobody else is volunteering. Oh, you'd muff a confession anyway. Before you tumbled, they'd have to cut it in stone across the front of City Hall. What were you doing with the old man? Helping him over the rough spots. Or taking him over the hurdles. He hired me to watch Rory Malone. They were stepping up the pace on his boy. For instance? For instance, Joe Slagle. Everybody says he had a stake in the fight. You don't throw a fight by winning in the fifth round. That's what the book says, but sometimes the book's wrong. You better look up Joe Slagle, and on the same trip, you can stop by and see a gal named Con Regan. Yeah? Why? She's Malone's new sparring partner, a tall redhead with lots of dry cells. Oh. She sounds nice. 
I'll talk to her. And Slagle, too. But I'm going to find out about you and Rory Malone first. I'm going to run down the stuff on this fight, and I'll find out where you fit in. Don't worry, Novak. I'll dig you out. You couldn't take the jelly out of an omelet, Hellman. Look up the girl and Joe Slagle. They'll talk. Not about each other. There's some connection there. I'll give even money their friends. They ought to be. What? They were married a month ago in Las Vegas. Or don't you know about love? Hellman stood there a moment and smiled like a guy who's just killed a landlord. And then he turned around and walked out. Well, I stayed until they wrapped up the old man. After that, I went with the Chronicle office and pulled the clips on Joe Slagle. He'd been to three jails and gotten his masters at Alcatraz, and there were some pictures of him at the racetrack. He had a face any museum would buy and a forehead that was so low he must have had to look down to see his hairline. There was one other thing about him I noticed. He was the same guy who'd smashed Rory Malone's hand. I began to wonder about that friendship, but it was getting late and I had to work fast, so I looked up the only honest guy I know, an ex-doctor and a boozer by the name of Jocko Madigan. Well, he's a smart guy, and until he decided a head on your beer is worth more than a head on your shoulders. I finally found him in a little joint down on Geary Street, talking some woman into giving up all men under 50. Ah, Patsy. I've missed you in a rather trivial way. Yeah, all right, Jocko. I'm giving this woman a lecture on diminishing returns. Jocko, will you stop drinking long enough to listen? Patsy, you fail to understand my drinking. Actually, I hate whiskey, but I go on drinking as a sort of sop to providence. Yeah. Because everyone knows the guardian angels take care of small children and tipplers. And since I've passed the age where I look well in rompers, this is a very clever dodge to get a little outside help. Chuck, are you ever going to change? Patsy, don't, don't you know what a burden change is to a man as old as I am? Oh, yeah. It's not the change we mind, it's the way it happens, uh, by degrees. Never giving you a chance to remember anything else, so it's heartbreaking, Patsy. All right, all right. It's like visiting a half-forgotten neighborhood. It hasn't changed completely, just parts of it. A few old houses and some human remnants is still around. Enough to remind you of the change, but never enough to make you happy. It's that way with growing old. Will you listen? They don't allow you to grow old suddenly and leave. They insist on this policy of having you dribble off into eternity. It's undignified, Patsy, feeling like a bowl of old dishwater with the stopper pulled out. Jocko, I want to talk to you. Why didn't you say so? What's the matter? An old guy by the name of Hans Neumeyer is dead. Oh, bless him. Homicide's full of fever. They think I killed the old man. What did he do before he uh, stopped doing it? A fight manager. He hired me to watch his fighter, Rory Malone. He should have hired a team because somebody got to him in the hospital tonight. How do you fit in? I was just passing through when the noise started. Uh, That was General Custer's problem. It's tied up with tonight's fight. Newmeyer was afraid of a gambler named Joe Slagle. He was around tonight and smashed Malone's hand before ring time. That's a hard way to lose. Yeah, well, it's a harder way to win. Malone won by a knockout in the fifth. Was he fighting his father? I'm not getting any place, Jocko, and I'm doing it in a hurry. It's a bad fit all the way around. They took two tries to get the old man, and if Slagle bought the fight, why'd he smash Malone's hand? Let's have a drink. Jocko, you've got to help me. Oh, it's the thirst that's confusing. I want you to get up to Roy Malone's place. You can find it in the book. Go through his stuff and try to pick up a lead, will you? Why don't you do it? I'm going to look up a girlfriend named Con Regan. She's married to Slagle, but she's trying to work Malone into the act. Oh, well, in that case, uh... I'd be in the way. Look, I'm in a spot, Jocko. Now get up to that apartment, will you? What if Malone walks in and finds me going through his stuff? Stop worrying. He almost killed a man with one broken hand. Suppose someone smashed the other one. (laughs) 
to do something quick because the kettle was on to boil. By the time Hellman got to him, Slagle would have an alibi, and my story about the smashed hand wouldn't prove a thing. Oh, I had to grope around and pretend like a guy on the second verse of the National Anthem. I decided to tag by Slagle's place, and on the way, I bought a paper to read about the fight. Malone looked real bad for four rounds and then came out of the woods fast with a left hand in the fifth. It was about midnight when I got to Slagle's apartment, and began to look more and more like it when Con Regan opened the door. Oh, I could see Rory's point. She was the sort of a woman you'd never give a second look because the first had paralyzed you. Her red hair looked brighter now and, well, legs like that are the reason silkworms are born. She smiled and you knew if you never made Naples you could die happy with her. But I guess she picked her friends. It's too late for the 300 now, Mr. Novak. I'm working free. Invite me in. Huh? Sorry, darling. <laughs> You look lonely. Where's Slagle? I agreed to marry him, not follow him. How about Malone? Somebody killed his manager. I'd like to help you, Mr. Novak, but I don't like you well enough. Well, you can make love later. Give me answers now. Where are you going? You're not welcome. I want to know what those bags are packed for. I don't trust the drawers. Now get out of here, Mr. Novak. Calm down and put the gun away. Get out of here. You came uninvited. I'll kill you the same way. Hello, Novak. You going to lose an argument? Well, it looks that way. If she's yours, call her off, Malone. You're too tough, Con. Let him walk out. He steamed in here full of questions. That's a bad way to answer. Relax. That's what your man Newmeyer's doing. Somebody killed him tonight. I know that, Novak. Your eyes aren't very red. I can't help it, Novak. All I can do is square his beef. Well, you can start with your girlfriend. She's leaving town, or did you buy the tickets? That's your hurry, Con. If I want to leave, I can leave, Rory. I'll argue with you. You'll get the short end, Rory, because I'm leaving. Stay away from me. You're too close. Rory, stop it. Someday they'll match you even, Rory. Maybe it's a referee. I'll get it. Yup. Voice, Miss Regan. What's on your mind, Hellman? Joe Slagle right now. He cleaned up in tonight's fight. Not with a betting even. It wasn't after the first round. Word got out that Malone broke his hand. The betting changed. And Slagle covered every bet in the house. That's right. Well, the old man tumbled before it happened. That's what he was afraid of. And the shock killed him? Slagle did. You got a motive now, Hellman. You better look him up. We did. He's dead. He couldn't be dead. If he's not, the bullet holes are good fakes. See you soon, Novak. <laughs> I didn't talk to the girl and Rory because I knew they'd dummy up on me and I had nothing to go on. Oh, it was like trying to build a wall out of jelly consomme. Nothing added up now. Whose side was Rory on and where did that other girl, Kitty, fit in? My luck was on the black market tonight and I knew it. So I went by my place to check with Jocko. He was in the kitchen and he looked worried. Pepsi, uh, you know, I was going to break open the thermometer until I found this bottle in the closet. All right, Jack. What'd you find out? That it pays to know Joe Slagle. There's a $20,000 check in Malone's desk. Slagle signed it. He could afford it. Somebody killed him an hour ago. Where was Malone? I don't know, but that's not gratitude. Well, maybe he'll wire regrets. Hmm? You'd better get up there. All his stuff's packed for a long trip. Well, well. A couple of trunks and all his bags. Does that sound like a weekend party? I don't know, Jocko. He's kind of fancy. Maybe he likes a lot of laundry. (laughs) 
Up to now, it was like trying to melt a pound of diamonds, but when the turn comes, everything happens in a hurry, and things began to fall faster than snow off a warm roof. If Jocka was right, it meant Rory and the girl fought, but they did a lot of clinching between rounds. Well, I got a hold of Hellman and brought him up to date, and then I started for Rory Malone's apartment. When I got there, Hellman was outside the door listening, as quiet as a washing machine full of pebbles. They must be in the back room. I can't hear a thing. You couldn't hear a rifle shot in a boxcar, Hellman. Let's get a better view, huh? Hello, Novak. Gonna miss your train, Malone. I don't believe you. It's a chance to bet, Mr. Novak. This is Inspector Hellman from Homicide. Well, you guessed wrong, Inspector. I'm covered for Joe Slagle. Novak here's alibi for Miss Regan. We can check. You're scraping bottom, mister. We can start with that $20,000 check from Joe Slagle. That's where you'll stop, too. That 20000 covered a sale of my contract. The fight commission can beef, but that's all. You ready, come? I hope you are, too, because you're going downtown. Look, fella, you can make us miss a train, but we'll catch the next one. You're wishing now, Rory. Who's this? A fast friend with a slow burn. Hello, Kitty. Your boyfriend's gonna leave. Say goodbye. Please, Rory, you're crazy to go with her. She makes me that way, Kitty. I'm sorry. Rory, I've done too much for you. I've kept loving you all this time. Can't leave. You can't leave now. I don't want to be alone. Buy a dog. <laughs> no, Rory. No, I won't let you go. You're too good with guns. Drop it. <laughs> you better take her, Hellman. She's anxious. Oh, please, Rory. I loved you too much for this. I loved you enough to kill somebody. You can't leave, Rory. You can't leave me to myself. When the guy comes, tell him where the baggage is. What'll become of you, Rory Malone? What'll become of you, Rory Malone, when you have to think about me? When you hear the sound of me in your head? Oh, you're brave, Rory. You're brave to leave me alone. Come on, Con. In a place like this, we're wasting you. Come back! Come back, Rory Malone! Come back long enough to watch them laugh at me! (laughs) Watch them laugh at me for the fool I am! Oh, it's the great fool of the world I am! doesn't prove much, except the right kind of a heel can grind you into the dirt fast. Well, Hellman pieced most of the story together. Slagle and Malone planned the fight, and it went off without a hitch. Slagle bought off the other fighter so that Malone could win as soon as the bets had been covered. Hans Newmeyer had an idea, but he liked Rory too much to believe it. They found out he was coming to me, and Con Regan tried to scare me off. She looked too good to Rory, and the scheme started to grow. He lied to Slagle after the fight about Newmeyer, so Slagle went into the hospital and killed the old man. That left Slagle around to cloud things up, so Rory Malone told a phony story to his girlfriend, Kitty. She loved him enough to kill Slagle. There was no way to stick Rory Malone. He could never fight again with that hand. But he had a check for 20,000 bucks to start on him. That's enough to keep love in the living room. Well... Hellman asked only one question. Why would a smart gambler like Slagle take a chance on giving Malone a check for 20,000 bucks? I guess Malone found out when he tried to cash that check because Joe Slagle was big-hearted but broke.
American Broadcasting Company has just brought you the sixth of a new series, Pat Novak for Hire, starring Jack Webb. Pat Novak is produced and directed by William P. Russo. Jocko Madigan is played by Tudor Owen. Inspector Hellman is played by Raymond Burr. Music was composed and conducted by Basil Adlam. In our cast were Yvonne Patey, Stefan Schnabel, Frank Lovejoy, William Bayef, and Ted DeCorsia. This program is being released to our service men and women overseas through the worldwide facilities of the Armed Forces Radio Service. Be with us again next week when over most of these same ABC stations, we will bring you Pat Novak for hire. This program came to you from Hollywood. Listening reminder. Don't miss Gene Arthur and Robert Morley when they star in the compelling drama Yesterday's Magic on Theater Guild on the Air tonight. This is ABC, the American Broadcasting Company. That'll do it for this time. Catch you again soon. Bye for now. If you've enjoyed the shows you've heard during the past hour, be sure to tune in again next week, same time, same station, when once again, we'll listen to programs that are remembered today thanks to the involvement of Canadians in old-time radio. This is Devin Wilkins speaking.